The following podcast is brought to you by Pathways Church. Thanks for joining us for this message from our weekend service. We exist to lead people into a growing relationship with Christ. If you have any questions or even a story to share about how God is moving in your life, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at info at pathwayschurch.us. Thanks for listening, and we pray that God's Word will enrich your journey today. Good morning. Wow, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, Pathways. It's very, very good to be with you today. Like Pastor Adam said, my name is Brandon Gilliam. Uh, and yes, I was a kid in his youth group, and it's kind of amazing that he knew me when I was a pimple-faced punk and still invited me to be with you today. That just shows you the kind of quality and character that he has. So thank you, Pastor Adam, for inviting me today. It's very good to be with you. I'm excited to be here because we are jumping into a brand new teaching series called Fake News. This series is all about the lies that we can too easily believe and how to avoid them. Because the truth is, from time to time, we all fall into a lie. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's certainly true for me. Just a few years ago, I bought a bookshelf from Ikea. That's not even the worst part. You see, what happened was I got a, I got a magazine delivered to my house. And in this magazine, there were these beautiful pictures, pictures of beautiful living rooms, curated living rooms, beautiful people. At the center of all these living rooms was a beautiful bookshelf. And you know, I started to think, like, man, where, where would it go in my house? You know, what would it look like? How, how many leather-bound books would it carry? It didn't matter that I didn't own any leather-bound books. Like, I'd get them, you know, if I had this bookshelf. And so the plan was kind of coming together in my mind. But how many of you know that the plan for home projects almost never goes according to plan, you know? What happened was we got this bookshelf, we brought it back. It came in like 8 million pieces because that's what they do at Ikea. But no worries, friends, because on the side of the box, it said the words, easy assembly, And I fell for that lie, hook, line, and sinker, because two hours later, I'm standing over an unfinished bookshelf trying to not cuss in front of my kids or lose my salvation in the process. But man, isn't that how lies work? They give us a picture of the future, a picture where our lives are put together, a picture where we're beautiful, a picture where we have many leather-bound books, but that leaves out the process. Lies take out what it takes to get there someday. And in many cases, lies will leave us feeling lost. They'll forget about our limits, our limitations, our emotional health, what we're able to do and what we're not able to do. Lies will take from us not just the truth, but so much more. So in this series, we're going to attack some of those lies that can so easily entangle us and talk about how to avoid them. And today we're gonna kick it all off by talking about this lie right here. We're gonna talk about the lie of, I can be anything I want to be. I can be anything I wanna be. When we were kids, most of us had an idea of what we wanted to be, right? And maybe some of us were even told, you know, follow your dreams. Follow your heart. Wherever your heart leads you, just go after it. If you work hard enough, you believe hard enough, it will eventually be yours. And that sounds really good, right? But is it true? I have this uh, very vivid memory of, when I was uh, probably about 10 years old, my sister was graduating from kindergarten and we were all kind of smushed into the the gymnasium. Why why did kindergarten, why did they kind of smush you together? I don't understand that part, but they kind of smushed us together and all the kindergartners sort of waddled in. They were all adorable. The parents were saying hi and everyone got to their seats. At the very beginning, they showed us a video and the first thing we see on the screen, it says, "Uh, what do you wanna be when you grow up? And the rest of the video was just these adorable responses from kindergartners. Now, some of them fell into the category of like assumed 
responses. You know, they were like, I want to be a teacher. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a movie star. But there's this one kid, you know, this one kid who had a deep kind of clarity about what he wanted to be. He wasn't trying to be like anybody else. He knew what he wanted and he was going after it. He looked into the camera with full-throated confidence and said, I want to be a fire engine. And the place lost it. Everyone lost them. And they were all laughing. Now, we weren't laughing at the kid because you can't laugh at a kindergartner. If you're doing that, you got to stop right away. That's not cool. Don't laugh at kindergartners. We were laughing because there's no way this kid could ever be a fire engine. That's just, that's not how, I hope I don't break anyone else's dreams today, but it doesn't work that way. This kid was put together with a body and a mind and a soul, not gaskets and electricity. He would be fighting against his own unique makeup and design. And while that's kind of a cute example, I wonder how often so many of us fight against our own unique makeup and design. How often are we fighting against the temptation to compare what we have to what someone else has? How often are we fighting against that feeling of not having enough or being left behind or being two steps behind everyone else? How often are we fighting our unique makeup and design, searching and fighting for a life purpose worth living? How many of us fight so hard that we forget to call on God and our need for him? How often are we left fighting? You see, the problem with believing that we can be anything that we want to be is we leave out that our hopes and our ambitions and our dreams can sometimes miss the calling that God has on our life. Dreams and ambitions, they, they might get us going. They might keep us running, but it's God who's able to show us where to go. Jesus even spoke about this in Luke chapter nine, where he said this. Jesus said, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very soul? You see, friends, the point of finding a purpose, the point is not to become whatever we want to be. The point is to figure out who God is calling us to be in this season and your unique life stage. But the question is, how do you do that? How do you find that purpose? How, how do you lean into what God is calling you to do in this season or stage of your life? That's what I wanna talk about today. Today, we're gonna look at a teaching of Jesus that comes from Matthew chapter 25. And we're, we're, I'm gonna give you three questions. Three questions that I really believe that if you ask yourself diligently and authentically can help guide and help you discern and discover the purpose that God has for your life. The first question that you can begin asking yourself is this. What have I been entrusted with? Now, so often when Jesus would teach about God, he would tell stories. Those stories are called parables. And a parable is never just given to us to give us interesting information about God only. Instead, Jesus told these stories so that we could learn to live with God, to work with God. And one story he told was about a rich man who was going away on a journey. And it started like this. Jesus said, Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. And that, that phrase, entrusted his wealth to them, has stood out to me. Mostly because this rich man who represents God in this story is entrusting his wealth to his servants. And sometimes I think it's amazing that God would want to entrust anything at all to me. I mean, I think of myself as a fairly put together guy. You know, I'm not, I'm not perfect by any means, but I've got some things in my life figured out. But man, there are days you know, there are days when I can't find my glasses because I'm wearing them. 
You know, there are days when I can't remember my wife's phone number, which is a problem. There are days when I can't do my family's laundry without drastically altering my family's wardrobe. And the, all of those things may have happened in the last two weeks. I'm not, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. But all of those little misses, you know, those little misses that we have in life can compound and start producing some anxiety about, man, can I actually live a life of purpose? Do I have what it takes? Do I have enough in the tank to keep going to fulfill the purpose that God has for my life or a life that's meaningful to live at all? What have we been entrusted with? See, the first thing that we see about the story in the rich man that represents God is that he's a gift giver, that he freely gives of his wealth to those who are willing to serve him. I've heard it said that God doesn't call the equipped. What I think that means is that God isn't looking for perfect people with perfect lives, people who have perfect souls and perfect kitchens, people who have no sin and perfect families. People have everything figured out with no faults at all. And the reason God doesn't call those people is because those people don't exist. Instead, God always equips those he calls, which is good news. Because it means that whatever we have right now, whatever you have in your life right now, it's enough to get started. It's enough to start moving down the path of purpose in your life a path that God has designed for you. It's enough. I remember wrestling with this question, what have I been entrusted with when I was early on in college? The president of my university gathered all of the freshmen into you know, the auditorium and he was asking us, what do you wanna be when you grow up? What do you wanna do? And then he proceeded to tell us all the things we didn't know in order to get there, of which there were many. We didn't know how money worked yet. We didn't know how school worked yet. We, we didn't know how uh, politics worked yet. We, we, there are so many things that we didn't know. And he told us, you know, don't focus on those things. Instead, focus on what you have and get to work there. And he said, as students of this university, all of you, if you're living on campus, you have a room. Therefore, you are the CEO of your room. You determine the quality and status of your bed, of your dresser, of your wardrobe every day. So get to work. And see, what I, what I took from that, I still think about that to this day. What I took from that is this understanding that whatever I've got in front of me, it's enough to get started. Whatever I have happening in my life right now is a purposeful act. That, that if I don't neglect it, that if I lean into it, that if I try to find the purpose that God has for me in that moment, that I can start moving forward. Whatever we have, there's enough to get started. And I emphasize that today because I think so often we can get worried that we don't have enough or that we're already starting two steps behind everyone else. But we have to remember whenever God entrusts us with anything, he gives more than enough. The heading of this story in my Bible, it says that it's the parable of the bags of gold. If you have a different translation, it might say the parable of the talents. Now, talent here doesn't refer to someone's special ability. Instead, it's a Greek word that refers to a measurement of weight, which is why so many Bible scholars call this, call to mind the image of a bag of gold because gold wasn't only heavy, it was also very valuable. I mean, carrying around one bag of gold would weigh a lot. Not that I've ever done it, but that would be really fun. 
It, it would weigh a lot, but it would also be incredibly valuable. In essence, the, in this story, that this master would have made his servants millionaires instantaneously. And in the same way, what God gives to you is both valuable and weighty. And it requires responsibility to take care of, to follow through on. So let me ask you again, what have you been entrusted with? What have you been given in this season of your life? For some of you, it's a family, a family that, that needs your devoted love and attention. For some of you, it's a leadership position that requires you to live honorably, to live right, to make sure that you're keeping yourself accountable and your teams accountable. For some of you, you've been given entrusted influence or wealth or responsibility. Some of you have been entrusted with a room or your next decision or your next choice. Friends, remember, it's not about starting two steps behind. It's about acknowledging I've been entrusted with something that's valuable, that weighs something, and that you're responsible for. Which leads me to my next question. Once we know that we have something to take care of, to tend to in our life purpose, we have to start asking the next question. And the next question is this, what's my why? Jesus goes on in his story to start telling about the servants who came to the masters to receive their gold. He talked about three. One that received five bags of gold, another received two bags of gold, and the last received one bag of gold. And once they had all received their weight in gold, they got to work. And this is what Jesus said. He said, the man who had received five bags of gold went at once, put his money to work and gained five bags more. Jesus goes on. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. And then the last one. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, hid his master's money. Just a quick survey. Last time you got a paycheck. Last time you got 20 bucks from your grandma for your birthday. How many of you were like, I'm gonna grab a shovel. I'll be in the backyard. I'll be right back. Like, I'm not from Wisconsin. I don't know if we do that here. You should probably stop. I don't know. It just seems like a really odd thing to do. The reason I point that out, the reason this seems a little bit odd compared to what the other two servants did is because before the master left, he never told them what to do with the money. He never told them what to do. He entrusted his wealth to them and then he bounced. That was it. He left it up to the servants to figure out a motivation. What am I going to do with this? And why am I going to do it? How am I going to put this to work? And why does it matter? And I point that out because I think so often, whenever we understand that we've been giving something of value, we start to assume and worry, well, what am I supposed to do? What, what should I be doing with this? We can consume our minds with all of these shoulds and expectations from our parents from outside influences, from what our neighbors are doing, from what our peers are doing at work. We are told over and over again that the most important thing about us is what we do. And so we stress about our careers. We stress about who we're gonna marry or why we're not married yet. We stress about starting a family or why we're not able to start a family yet. We stress about what books we should be reading what seminars we should be following, what influencers we need to follow on Instagram or Facebook. And all of these influences come at us from every direction and every angle, and they start to push us in every direction. 
Maybe our passion leads us in every new direction and we end up finishing and accomplishing nothing. Or maybe our pragmatism gives us every practical excuse to do nothing at all. See, I think Jesus' point is it's not so much what you do. It's first learning and understanding why you should do anything in the first place. To set your intentions in the right direction. Because the motivation behind your purpose is just as important as finding your purpose. Intentions are good. They'll get you started. But you have to have a Jesus-focused, passionate why that's able to carry you through to lead you on to the next thing. Later on in Jesus' story, the rich man returns to find out what his servants had done with the money. The, the two had, who had received five bags of gold, two bags of gold, said that we doubled it. Here, here it is. Here's your money back. The last servant, I think, gives us a picture of what can happen when we allow fear to become our motivation, doubt to become our motivation, comparison to become our motivation, because this is what the servant says to his master. He says, then the man who had received one bag of gold came and he said, master, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not gathered seed. And he goes on. So I was afraid. I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belonged to you. The servant said, I was afraid. How often does fear get in the way of our purpose? And not only that, but how often can fear turn God into something that he isn't? How often can we start assuming that God is is mad at us and that's why things are so difficult? We blame him. Or how often can our fear make us ignore God? To just say, he only really matters on church on the weekends, but on my day-to-day life, not with my family, not at my work. He's just something that I do on the weekends. How often can we fear God and start thinking that no matter what we have, no matter what we do, we'll never be able to please him. But all of those miss the point that God is the gift giver. God is the one who gives freely of his wealth to those who are willing to serve him who's willing to give sacrificially so that we can find purpose and start getting to work. See, God is looking to be our reason why we would do anything at all. He wants to be the motivation behind our actions, the motivation behind our achievements, the motivation that keeps us going when we fail. It's God who's looking to be the giver of every good gift. So when it comes to you, what's your why? Have you allowed fear to dictate your decision-making in this season? Have you allowed vague motivations to kind of confuse you and you're not sure where you're headed in your life right now? Have you allowed, have you bought into the lie that the most important thing about you is what you do? Friends, instead of giving into those subpar motivations, God, the gift giver, is waiting for you to catch that it's not what you do, it's why you do it. It's understanding that God's love and his purpose in your life is enough reason to start moving, to start making some moves in your life, to start addressing some areas that you've been neglecting for some time. God is waiting to be your compelling motivation. Why? But at the end of the day, we have to do something. We have to make a decision. And so the last question to ask yourself is this, how am I 
preparing. How am I preparing for what's next? The end of Jesus' parable is haunting. And it's kind of challenged Bible scholars for a long time because of how the master reacts to the the servant with one bag. He scolds him. He yells at him in front of everyone. In fact, not only that, he takes his one bag of gold and he gives it to the one who had five bags of gold. And then the master says this. He says, for whoever has been given more, they will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what they have, will be taken from them. This is harsh. And I get that this is harsh. But this is also how life really works. So often when we take for granted what we've been given, we can end up losing it. I remember learning this lesson early on right after high school. I was in a band for about two years. We did some recordings of touring. I mean, we weren't the Beatles or anything, but I was in a band. And the guys that I, were, that I was in with, they were a little older than I was. They were in their mid-20s, early 30s. And they were like brothers to me. They sort of took me under their wing. They would ask me questions. Brandon, what's next for you? You're gonna go to college? You're gonna get married? What's next in your life? And at that point in my life, I had fully bought into the lie that I could be anything I wanted to be someday. You know, today I'm in a band. Tomorrow I'll start a business or I'll go to college. But really what I was doing was couch surfing and eating Doritos. That's all I was doing. My friends in this band started to call me out for it. You know, they were saying, Brandon, if you don't start preparing now today, then you won't be ready for what tomorrow has in store. They started telling me about things that they lost out on, opportunities that they missed, relationships that they lost because they took them for granted, purpose that they lost out on because instead of preparing themselves every day, they thought that they could be something someday. And you know, what I took from those conversations from my friends was that if if I'm not preparing myself right now, if I'm not deciding right now what God is wanting to do tomorrow, then I'll miss it. That That I won't be ready. That I'll miss opportunities and relationships that could cause deep impact in my life for the future that I'll overlook opportunities that God is laying in front of me because I'm so self-consumed. I started realizing that if I wanted to prepare for what was next, I needed to start today. See, Jesus' whole parable, his whole story, it's about preparation and so is your purpose. Your purpose is contingent on the decisions that you make this day, right now in front of you. And this is at the center of buying into or rejecting the lie of becoming whatever you want to be because that idea is built on imaginary thinking. It's built on hopes and dreams and hopes and dreams might get you started on the path of purpose, but they won't keep you there. You'll misstep and you'll find yourself lost in the midst of mistakes or sins that have separated you from God, that have separated you from family, that have separated you from the life that you thought you were going to live. And then you'll need to find your way back. In Jesus' story, one of the reasons this rich man called out the servant was because he missed the point. And friends, here's the point right here. 
The point is not to take one bag of gold and turn it into 10. Neither is the point to live in fear that we bury whatever God has given to us. Instead, the point is to be grateful enough for what God has given us today to want to see it grow. To start believing that your life is worth living right now. That it's not gonna happen tomorrow or the next day. It's this decision. It's this moment here. Now is the gift. Now is the wealth that you've been given. Now God has entrusted something valuable to do. Why should you act on it? Because God loves you. Because he's willing to give you every good gift. How are you preparing for it? It depends on your decision today. So how are you preparing for what God wants to do tomorrow? Are you being grateful for what God has given you today? Are you not comparing it to anyone else? Are, are you focusing on the weak spots in your life that need to grow? Are you asking forgiveness when you need to? Are you dealing with emotional unhealth when you need to? Are you leaning into the mistakes that you see in yourself and the mistakes you see in the world around you? Are you becoming a more well-rounded friend, a diligent employee, a faithful spouse, an engaged parent? Are you spending time with God in prayer and in scripture each day? Are you preparing today for what God might have for you tomorrow? And some of you might be here today. Some of you might be joining us online right now and would honestly say, I'm not prepared. My life has been consumed with fear and doubt and worry. My life has become overcome with comparison. I, I have fully bought into the lie that I could be anything I want to be someday. Well, friends, the good news for you is that just like in Jesus' story, God is still the giver of good gifts to those who have nothing. And see, that's why Jesus is so important. He's the one who's able to set us free from the lies we've lived and the lies we've believed. He's the one who can give us the truth. And the truth is not what you do, it's what has been done for you. You see, Jesus died on a cross. He rose from the grave to, to put to death everything that would kill our purpose, everything that would get in the way. He, he, he died and rose from the grave to eliminate our sin, to get rid of our shame, to fill our lives with God's truth so that we would be prepared to choose him day in and day out. God is ready. He is ready to entrust to you whatever you are ready to receive from him. Some of you, I think, today are ready to receive God, maybe for the first time. Say, God, I want your plans for my life more than my own. God, God I, I want your decisions more than my own. I, I need your forgiveness for the life that I've lived and the lies that I've believed, and I need your truth. Some of you are there today. And let me tell you something. Your purpose, it is always one decision away. Some of you need to make that decision. Decide to follow Jesus, to fill your life with God's truth and to leave the lies behind you. And if that's you, I wanna give you that opportunity. For those of you joining us online, for those of you here in the room with me right now, if you're ready to decide to follow Jesus, here's what I wanna do. If you're in the room, can, can you just raise your hand? 
For those of you who are joining us online, can, can you just in the chat start to say, I've given my life to Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. God sees you. God sees that. Friends here at Pathways, we wanna pray for you. We wanna support you. And so here's how we're gonna do that. Everyone here in the room with me right now, for those of you joining us online too, would you pray this prayer with me as a moment of kind of solidarity with those who are making a decision to follow Jesus today to, that we would all commit to choose his life over our own, his truth over any other lie. Would you pray this with me together right now? Jesus, I give my life to you. I'm trading my lies for your truth. Forgive me of the sin that I have in my life. Set me free. Give me truth. Show me purpose. Help me to receive your love. From this day forward, I'm following you. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice for your love and for your purpose. I trust you. I love you. In Christ's name, amen. Hey, can we just make some noise for people who made that decision online or in the room today? God sees you. Thank you so much, Pathways. God is good.